coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. How do I be a better dad? A couple of weeks ago, my wife rolls in and says, hey, who's got two thumbs and is pregnant? That's how she told you? Pretty much, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> she said, don't freak out. And, and so I did, and here I am. I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> What up, what up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. So grateful that you are here with me and the gang and the greatest podcast in the history of the world when it comes to mental health and parenting and relationships and marriage, all that stuff. It's the best ever, can you already tell? We're so glad that you're here. Hey, if you want to be on the show, give me a buzz. 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291 or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K. And for those of you who've been ride or die since day one, right? Um, so, so grateful for you. Please, if you if you find some value in the show, a no-cost way of helping out. It doesn't cost you anything if you will leave a five-star review. If you will forward an episode that means something to you, to a friend or to a family member, or to your mother-in-law if you don't want her to call you anymore. Um, send, send, share these episodes, subscribe. You, all, you know all that stuff works, but it just helps get the show in front of more people. And it's such you, you guys are such a gift. Thank you so, so much. Uh, let's go out to Alex in Sellersburg, Indiana. What's up, Alex? Hey, Brother John, how are you? Partying, man. What are you up to? Oh, I'm just hanging out, making horse noises, buzzing or uh, blaring some little drummer boy and <laughs> having a good time. Well, you obviously have a much better producer running your life than I have running mine because I have had all those things taken away from me. So good for you, Alex. Just kidding. I'll uh, relay that to the wife <laughs> and uh, let her know. Kelly likes, my wife took away drummer boy, which thank God she did because I hate that song. And Kelly took away my horse noises. So I'm glad you're in a better yeah. position, Alex. Thanks for kicking me while I'm down. So what's up? Hey, to be honest, I, I'm not a giant fan of Little Drummer Boy. I just <laughs> had a shot at you. You know who is? Nobody. And serial killers. That's who. All right. So what's up? So I guess the, the short answer or question is, uh, uh, how do I be a better dad? Um, it was a couple of weeks ago, laying in bed, like I said, just hanging out. And uh, wife rolls in and says, hey, who's got two thumbs and is pregnant? And, uh, I, that's, well, not me. And so, uh, that's how she told uh, you this is our, pretty much. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, good morning, Alex. That's, and, in, uh, that's incredible. Get some coffee. That is incredible. Hey, at least you didn't go get whiskey. You went and got coffee. You're already off to a good start, man. Um, she said, don't freak out. And, and so I did. And here I am. I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where to turn. So I called the podcast guy. Um, man, so you, you haven't had an opportunity to be a bad dad yet. So what are you, what are you stressing about? What are you worried about? Or what about this whole, so this, is, this whole thing freaks you out? This is actually number two. Okay. Uh, baby number two. Um, and he's, uh, just a few weeks away from being two. Okay. Um, and I guess, uh, every, so we all, the, the cried out method. Think about that. Um, I, I've heard that's, that's bad. Don't do that. But I've also never been told, okay, well don't, you know, throw the doors open guns a blazing at every time you hear them whimper. Um, so I, and and things like that, just, um, you know, uh, spend time with them. Well, how much time I try to spend as much as I can. And then, uh, you know, and, and then when in discipline, uh, he's in this, uh, our baby number one is in this throwing phase. And, you know, he just the other day threw something and, and broke a, a glass something or other. I can't remember. I think it was a candle or something. Mm-hmm. And, I, 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 uh, okay, well, don't spank him. Don't but tell him no. And so I, I sit here and, and wrestle with all these uh, all these aspects, whether it be the cry it out or the, the uh, discipline or spending time. And I feel like it's like I'm swinging far one way. As in, um, you know, every time I hear him cry or, you know, just a little bit in bed, I want to come running in or I swing back far the other way where, okay, well, let's give it, let's say 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, and, and like, I, I don't, um, 
I don't have a good, I guess, uh, a straight line path to follow as if there is one. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm looking for any advice still, even as a, a dad of a two year old and a, a soon infant, uh, I just feel like I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is, this will mean anything to you, but, um, you're in a very common place for dads of two year olds. Like there just comes this moment when you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm- I, I, like you said, I, I want this, I want there to be a set of Ikea instructions. I don't care how complicated it is. I'll figure it out. And I just need to put this thing together. And then somebody sends you a podcast that says, well, don't do this. And then somebody gives you a book that says, don't do that. And then you just snap in the moment and default to something that your dad did that you had promised you weren't going to do, right? And it's just, I, it's just a failure yeah. factory. And by the way, two-year-olds are two-year-olds. And so they can be the yeah. best at snuggling up and they can rip your heart out, right? Oh, yeah. And it doesn't also help that your wife probably looks like she knows exactly what she's doing. She works with a lot more kids than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just end up, and, and so I, I'll walk through it with you and then I'll, I'll circle back. Here's where many, many, many men, including myself, find themselves. Baby number one, about this time, and you just start feeling like I am more in the way than I'm helping anything. And right. every time I try a thing, my wife's like, gosh, why just do it like this? Because she's been babysitting since she was six and nobody would trust me with their kid when I was in middle school or high school. And or fill in the blank. There's just every little thing. And so what I started, I, I'll just speak about me. I started leaning a little bit more towards, you know, the one thing I'm good at is my job. I'm good at that. I can at least go do that. I'll make money for the family. And so I just kind of turned the wheel two degrees. And I ended up way far away from my family. So you're in a moment, kind of like a boxer is when he keeps getting tagged from the outside. The temptation is to back up a little bit further away when the best strategy is to bite down on your mouthpiece and lean in and get closer. Okay? So let me tell you this. You're not going to quote unquote figure this out. Because as soon as you figure it out, your second kid is going to be so radically different than from your first one. You are going to feel, you're going to feel like you got half the IKEA thing built, and then they shipped you another set of instructions that's completely di- that says something totally different. And so, right. the best thing you can quote unquote figure out is you. Who am I going to be when I get frustrated? Am I going to let a two-year-old or a five-year-old or a 16-year-old dictate my emotional regulation? When I find myself getting overwhelmed and frustrated, which happens to all of us, it still happens to me regularly, and I do this for a living, what am I going to do? Am I going to yell? Am I going to throw a temper tantrum? Am I going to tell my wife, hey, I need to take 10 and go outside? Um, am I just going to grab a trash sack and start emptying the trash in a huff like some dads do? Like, what do you, what, Who are you going to be? All right. Right. Yeah. And my dad was the, the, the yeller and the slamming of the door kind of dad. And I'm certainly not that, but I find myself saying like, like go back to the thing he threw and broke the candle or whatever. Like I, I was sitting here thinking, what do I, what do I do? Do, And I just get, I get so tied up and thinking about what to do, how to respond to where it's like, I did nothing. And the next time he does it, you know, then I start thinking, Oh God, this is just a behavior. And this is how I've screwed him up. He's just going to be this defiant little baby. And, uh, well, I had my chance. I blew it. Or, you know, I'm the laying in bed crying. Oh, that was five minutes too long. I've screwed him up and, and, and he's going to have emotional problems for the rest of his life. And, you know, so uh, like I said, it just kind of frees and, and what to do. And I, I don't know. Like I said. So I think, think this way. What I'm going to say is going to sound so cheesy. Okay. But here's what I want you to lean into. I like cheese. Uh, I do too, man. I love it. I love it. Um, respond in love. Here's what that means. When my baby cries, 
now when they're older, I've got, you know, my kids are older. I can, and you'll be able to tell in short order, like, this is a real cry. This is not a cry. This is a fussy cry. This is I'm frustrated cry. This is I need somebody or I'm scared cry. There's times when the most loving thing you can do is to hold your two-year-old accountable in an appropriate, an age-appropriate two-year-old way, right? He's not going to want to be a kid who's throwing and breaking things. He feels wild and out of control. He doesn't like that. It's discomforting. He needs a parent to set boundaries. He doesn't need a parent to come and swing it at him. He doesn't need a parent coming in to scare him to death by screaming at him. But he does need to learn, hey, if you choose this, then you also choose this. Whatever that consequence happens to be. Okay, so it's – but all of that, you see how calm I am? Because I'm not giving a two-year-old my – if I leave stuff on the ground that a two-year-old can destroy and it's going to be devastating to me, that's my fault because I'm the adult. So I've got to change how my house looks and I got to move stuff so that I, he can't have things that he can break. And two-year-olds will figure it out. I saw my daughter climbing up the cabinets the other day like a spider. And I was like, I, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I don't, I don't have any. What are you doing? Literally, what are you doing? Um, yeah. She was trying to get a knife off. I mean, it was just like, what? Okay. Right? So yeah. the most important thing in that moment is, all right, was it been four minutes or six minutes? No, 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 no. That's not going to mess your kid up. And I, I even yeah. hesitate to say this out loud. If you're thinking about, quote, unquote, messing your kid up, it's a parent that is immobilized himself with anxiety, with tension, because they don't know how to respond in love. See what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. And so I want you to spend the bulk of your time. If you feel like you need to get up and go hug your kid – and it's been 30 seconds instead of the uh, agreed upon four minutes, get up and go hug your kid because you know. Okay? You're not going to mess your kid up. And if your kid cries it out for a few minutes longer than you, you're not going to mess your kid up. And there will come a moment if you come from a yelling house when you snap. It'll happen. You're not going to mess your kid up, especially if you take a knee and you look them in the eye and you say, I'm sorry. You get down on their level and say, I absolutely blew that. And I, as your dad, I'm sorry. See what I mean? Because you're going to mess up a lot. And they're going to go to see a counselor someday and be like, and then my dad did this. And you're going to be like, yep, I, <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Right? Who are two or three men, just name them, the first names, that have a kid who's seven or 10 or 14 that you can regularly call and or go get coffee with, go grab a drink with or whatever. Uh, exactly. That's your, uh, yeah. that's your mission. Okay. I know one, but I don't want his advice. By <laughs> <laughs> I got those friends too, who I love. And if it's wartime, I'm calling them dad advice. Not so much. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want you to, instead of trying to find another blog to read about the, I want you to get two or three men that you absolutely trust and you see their the fruit bared out in their kids. Okay. And I've got several people in my life who raise their kids very, very differently. One's homeschooled. One's public schooled. One is very, 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 very wealthy. One is not wealthy at all. One is right in the middle. But their kids are funny. And I like being around their kids and their kids are super respectful and kind and their kids work hard. And some of their kids get D's and C's, but they're busting their butt. And some of their kids get straight A's and they're busting their, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I want to ask those men, those women, Hey, how, what, what's the next right move here? That's where I'm going to okay. garner a lot of my wisdom. Okay. But you see what okay. I'm saying? You are spending the majority of your energy on who am I going to be when my kid fills in the blank, like does whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I do a good job at being like firm. uh Um, as in, uh, like, well, actually just yesterday, yesterday evening, um, he likes suckers. So if we sit down and, you know, watch TV for a second, he can have a sucker, but Mm -hmm. he got up and kept running. Mm -hmm. And so no sucker, you know, running with a sucker in your mouth. When you're two, mm-hmm. so I you know, lost a sucker, man. I like, can't hold still, uh, and I felt horrible about it. But I also, you know, I had this vision of a two-year-old falling with a sucker in his mouth. 
Yeah, that's called that's called keeping your kid from dying. It's one of that's 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 dad one hundred and one, right? Sure, yeah, and stuff like that. And then I think, well, shoot, was there something? Maybe something else I could have done. Nope, 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 nope. That's the kind of stuff I get. I mean, I just go down those rabbit holes and and, and things like that, and like, oh, well, we watched YouTube video of tractors. He loves tractors. Mm And I say, oh, he's seen a phone and a smartphone, and no, we know what smartphones do, and uh, you know, I, that those are the kinds of things that I, I run down, and I guess I just get caught up in the paralysis of the analysis. Yeah, and, sit down. I mean, I've got all kinds of books I've half read. <laughs> you don't need that. any more data, brother. You need some relationships. Right. Yeah. You know how to be a good dad. Don't let your two-year-old run with a sucker in his mouth. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want you to consciously practice now. Practice right now. When you take that sucker away and he gets those big tears in his eyes or he lays on the floor and kicks and screams and you ignore oh, yeah. him and you feel awful, feel that fully. Don't run from that. Because that okay. is what dad feels like. And when your two-year-old wells up and cries because you took away something to keep him safe or you took away something because he made a choice and there was some consequences on the back end of that, that turns into when your kid is seven and you say, hey, you give me a hug before school? And he goes, no, dad, I don't like hugging you. And dude, that hurts, right? Or when they're 17 and they sit down and they say, dad, I fill in the blank with whatever life-altering decision they made right so start right now feeling oh sometimes dad feels uncomfortable being a dad feels uncomfortable i gotta do hard stuff i gotta tell my kid no and i hate telling my kid no i gotta tell my kid you made a choice and here's the here's the consequence to that choice right and for everybody listening don't think i'm um like i do have i I very much have a a a research-oriented like response to cried out method and i've got very much research oriented responses to spanking and all i've got opinions on all those things and if we want to go down those rabbit holes i'm happy to do that but alex is like most of us we have an analysis of paralysis i like the way he said that we overanalyze everything and we keep seeking more data more data more data more data more data more data instead of more relationships And if you just text somebody while you're sitting there, if you've got three or four guys that you trust, three or four women that you trust, and you can just text them and say, hey, my kid has a rash that looks like this. And they'll all respond, all cool, simple, no problem. Phew, that was going to go to the ER. Hey, guys, my two-year-old just ran with a, took off running with a lollipop in his mouth, and I took it out, and he just started crying really hard. Am I a terrible dad? No, you're a great dad. All right, cool. We're just practicing. We're just learning new stuff. So focus on the relationship parts. You'll get the other things right. You'll get some of them wrong, and that's all right. And that's why you want friends that can push back on you. Um, And, man, I'm happy to work through individual situations, if you call. But the bigger picture is the tension and the anxiety. I'm, I'm, I'm usually, outside of abusive situations, I'm more worried about that with the kids than I am, whether it was two minutes or seven minutes or five minutes or I swatted his hand or... I'm way more worried about does your kid feel electrified in your presence or do you feel warm and safe to your kid? Let's focus on that, which means we're not fixing the kid. We're fixing us. That's a way harder proposition. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. One of the most common questions I get on my show is how do you get something off your chest, right? Like a deep secret that you've never told anyone. Or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done that you're ashamed about or worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption across your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this all the time, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start. If you need to get something off your chest and you don't have a safe person to talk to, you may want to try therapy. Therapy is a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. 
I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. And if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, it's super flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule, whatever your schedule happens to be. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra money. Listen, it's time to get those secrets off your chest. Start with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we are back. Um, This is pretty rad. I haven't had this happen yet on the show. Uh, Julia Gulia returns like one week later. So I'm going to bring her on. Hey, Julia, what's up? Hey, Dr. John. Thank you so much for having me back. Of course. Okay, so for everybody listening, uh, this is probably a week or two ago, Julia called in, and so your son, you you have a whole history of family stuff, but you were going to see your son's step-family for Christmas in, like, South Dakota or something? A little bit norther than that, okay. North Dakota. It's somewhere <laughs> yeah. where it's cold, really cold and barren and sad. And yes. y'all were going there, and he didn't want to go because he's 17, and right. he has a sweet right. little girlfriend, and he has a new job. And so we right. talked about what do we do? Do we make him go, not make him go, all that. Okay, and then right. Kelly this just now said, hey, I have a surprise. Julia talked to him, did all the things you said, Deloney, and now she wants to talk to you again. And I can't, I don't even know really what's, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Okay. So what's up? Oh man. Okay. So yes, I took your advice and honestly, for the first time or one of the very, I think I count on a, my hand, it's a handful of times I have stuck to my guns with my son. I felt good about what I was asking. I felt solid. Like, yes, I am being rational. Um, I, I told them you don't get a vote, but you get input. Like you said. And, um, I said, you know, we'll go work out and we'll do some things that you enjoy too. And I felt really confident and I didn't even second guess myself. How'd it It go? Really good. You know, it didn't really go that great. (laughs) He, he definitely pushed back, which Uh I was expecting. Um, he did, it did soften the blow somewhat when I took your advice and gave him some control over how we spend our time there. Mm -hmm. So that did help, but it did not really go well. He, um, we kind of thought about it, but again, I just said, you know what? You don't get a vote. You don't get a vote. I just kept repeating that. And, um, and a couple, couple days went by and I'd been asking him to take the time off of work for those few days for several weeks before we even spoke, um, hoping that he would. And, um, a couple days go by after we had the talk and he told me that, he was unsuccessful getting the time off work because he didn't ask early enough. Um, oh, what a great flex. Hey, right. You right. raised a very smart young man. Well played. Like I'm tipping oh, my hat. I definitely to him. did. Well played. <laughs> well played. I just, I, yeah, I, I was, uh, half mortified, half like, wow, that's impressive. So, um, <laughs> if honestly, if that had been my kid, I would have high fived him. Like, well played. <laughs> well played. Uh, you know, and I, I've been really <laughs> thinking, Oh, I know. And I've been thinking a lot about all of this and, um, you know, I, I don't remember, I know we talked about a lot, but I, I raised him as a single mom and, um, I really, my entire or his entire life, I've had a hard time telling him no, because I just thought I brought this child into the world with no, with, with without two parents. And early on, I decided that. I was going to try to give him everything he wanted in spite of that. And I think I really messed up. I really do. I, I don't. And so I've always given in to him. And um, at this point, I don't really know how to differentiate between normal teenage boy behavior and, and my own expectations, if they're normal, if they're rational. And then we have this other history of me really having a hard time saying no to him yeah. because I, I, that's just where I'm at. And, here we are. Yeah. So I, I sounds like he's he's received a vote. He's got a vote his whole life. And so this yes, is this yeah. is a this is something he doesn't have the maybe not even have the psychological wiring for. Right. I know. And yeah, I know. That's okay. It's all right. But he's gonna face this at some point, and it's better that he face it from you than his first boss or from a college professor that fails him because he 
you know, whatever. Right. Um, right. And so he's gonna, he's, it's the, the, the day of reckoning is coming. Um, okay. In, or actually it's here. Um, and you've got, you've got glimpse number one. So yeah. no, and I think, I, I don't remember if I told you this, there's no chance that talk goes well. In terms of, I think it goes well and you said what you need to say. You said it in a way you need to say it. It doesn't go well where he leans back and he goes, gee, mom, you're right. Your job is to raise <laughs> a great man and that means you have to say no sometimes. You're right. It went right. to, no, man, me and girlfriend have already figured out how she's going to sneak over to the house while you're gone and I'm going to make all this mm -hmm. money. And so it was just a a complete it, his plans blew up and they never blow up because he gets to decide everything that happens in his life. So yeah. here he is. Um, and so I'm going to think through this out loud. Is that cool? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, here's Avenue number one. Is this the hill you want to die on? Is this, the, uh, and what I mean by that is he's going to have to learn this. Mm -hmm. Is this the one? Um, or, is there another one? Like, I don't, I don't know what the next step is. Is he a senior in high school or a junior? He's a junior. So okay. I'll still have a year and a half with year. him at home. Okay. Mm. That actually, actually makes a difference. Um, I'm thinking through this, is this the hill I want to die on right now? Right. Or do you, if you back off of this one, cause you were pretty resolute this time. If you back off of this one, does he go <laughs> exactly like always? Right, right. Right. So you kind of drew a line in the sand and he just smiled at you and stepped across it. And uh, the second one is, I don't think, where does he work? He works at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I don't think they'll fire him. I really don't. Especially if he walked in and said, um, I absolutely blew it. I was supposed to take time off to go be with a family situation that I didn't want to be a part of and I messed up, but I have to go on this thing and I really value this job. Right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't think they will fire him. I, I they, they might cause they have to, but I've mm -hmm. just done some work behind closed doors with that company for a couple of years and they are of the highest caliber of integrity, especially when a young, mm -hmm. in, in, when it comes to raising young people. Um, the third option is, which this is kind of the nuclear option is, you tell him, I'll go with you. Mm -hmm. And I will sit with you when you tell your supervisor or your lead manager, whatever they call him there, that you didn't take the time off. This is a non-negotiable trip and that you hope they don't fire him, but you understand if they have to let him go. Right. And you will look like the word he, he again he's gonna look at you not <laughs> a, out of anger he's it will be bewilderment he doesn't know you <laughs> no he doesn't you know what i mean i know i know um and so he's a hundred percent age appropriate there's not one thing okay. he's doing that makes me like oh no um he's never had a boundary and you put one up and of course, he's going to run into it and see if it falls down, see if there's a way around it or a way over it. Can't go under it. Right? He's, that's, his, that's his job. He's 17. Right. Um, what you have to be prepared for is he goes to war. Right. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to do that. I, I don't. Um, but I definitely feel resolute in this um, because I feel like if I don't do it now, Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned before, he's going to face it some other time or yeah. I'm not going to be there to help him and to counsel him. And it's going to come from left, you know, from, from left field. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've already wasted or, or spent a lot of his youth not helping him with this skill. Have and you, have you told like him what to. you just told me? I haven't. No, I think that's a good conversation to have. And okay. he's not, he's not going to understand it, but he'll hear it. Okay. He'll true. think it's just, I mean, part of him, it, you'll be a Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> right. Um, yes, and part of it is, hey, the world's coming for you at a thousand miles an hour and you don't even realize it yet. Right. And because I loved you so much and I didn't want you to hurt so bad, I protected you from a lot more than I probably should have. And yeah. I'm not going to apologize for it because A, it's over. And B, I did it out of love, even though I did it 
I would probably do it differently this time. Mm -hmm. And all I can control is what happens next. But when I say go to war, it wouldn't surprise me if you came into like my office at the local university and you came in and he starts doing drugs. He sneaks Mm -hmm. out. He show he he runs away and to, and goes to his girlfriend's house to try to avoid going on this trip. Like it, none of that would okay. would be shocking behavior to me. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, okay. I, I mean it's you still gotta you still may have to call <laughs> police to go find him. You still may have to get a a coach or a, another mentor that that is in his life that can help out. But not any response he has to these boundaries um, isn't going to surprise me. I, I would default as best I can. And again, I talk too much. You listen to this show. You know that. Um, <laughs> I, I err on the side of over-explaining. Okay. I can do that. Um, and it may be as simple as, man, I will help you. When we get back, I'm going to help you find another job if they fire you. I'll help you. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? And that's kind of a dis, like a weird, what? Like, but I'll, I'll help you. Um, and I'm happy to go up there and do it. But I think the right thing for you to do is to go let your supervisor know that you you forgot to ask off or you didn't ask off soon enough and you blew it. But this family trip is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, again, it's a hard, hard lesson. It's a hard lesson. Um, but if this is one you want to stick to on your, stick to your guns on, um, man, I mean, you got, you got my support and my vote. Thank you. I just don't want there. I I don't want there to be an illusion that it's going to be like, all right, you got me. I, you know, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't think for a moment that's how it's going to go. Um, I keep wishing for that, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, yeah, I, I, I've been through enough now. Um, but this time I'm not giving in. I'm not. I can't for his benefit. I have to keep telling myself that. Yeah. This is for his benefit, and just with your help and I'm confident in sticking with this and you know, I believe it's going to go. Okay. I do. And and maybe the the way out of the gate is, um, put two or three or four nice restaurants on the table and say, which one do you want to, you get to pick where we go tonight. Okay. Cause, and you can tell them we're going to have mom and we're going to have mom talk number two. And he'll roll his eyes and be like, rolling big, rolling big. <laughs> or even set it up beforehand. Hey, I want you to go ahead before I even say anything. I want you to roll your eyes as much as you can. Do it, Ooh, do it, do that's it. Perfect. And make him do it and do it with him. And then say, hey, you get to pick two or three restaurants because we're going on mom and son talk number two. And I'm already telling you, you're not going to like it. This is part of being my son. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just kind of set the stage. But also, yeah. we're quietly kind of through the side door, we're giving him some choice. Right. And he can choose to go talk to his supervisor. He can choose to have you go with him. He can choose to quit, but he doesn't get to choose whether he goes on the trip or not. Okay. I like that. Is that fair? It is fair. And can I say one more thing? You say anything you want. Well, I, I just want to let you know that I completely agree with you that I remember you by Skid Row is the best rock ballad ever. Yes. Written. Hey, I'm going to, I don't want you to say your kid's name on here. Listen, young man, your mom's brilliant. She's very smart. <laughs> Listen to her. You just, Julia, you just, you. Julia, you just made my whole, my whole week. Isn't that oh, song incredible? Man, I get goosebumps. It's amazing. I, I used to push play alone in my room and just stare up at the yeah. ceiling and listen to it over and over. And it still rocks to this day. I mean, and and when I heard you say that, I literally had to rewind the podcast. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Listen, everybody. I was like, yeah. Skid Row, (laughs) I remember you. I want you to get in your car, put your headphones on, get in a quiet, private place and listen to that song alone. And if you don't start crying, you don't have a soul. Ah, so good, Julia. You are the best of the best of the best. Um, This will be hard. I wish I could tell you it's going to be not hard. It's just going to be simple moving forward. It's going to be really challenging. One last thing I would recommend, Julia, you have one or two women that you trust that you can reach out to when you're about to cave in. You have one or two or three men that you trust, that your son trusts, that you can reach out to, that they can go to coffee, they can talk, they can go to Cracker Barrel, Waffle House, whatever, um, go for a walk or a hike or a run. 
that he can just complain about you and be like, she's just all of a sudden. And, and they can say, yeah, you're exactly right. Your mom's um, overnight, the light came on. And she's seeing a, a fuller picture of your life. And um, world's coming at you real, real fast. And mom is no longer going to be able to stand in the way. He is lucky, 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 lucky to have you. And um, you're an inspiration to all of us parents who have realized, ah, we need to make some changes, and these changes are going to be real, real hard. And the adult thing to do is to make the hard changes anyway. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go to Sarah in the warmest place in the U.S., Fairbanks, Alaska. What's up? I think that's where Oates Military Academy is. What's up, Sarah? Hi, Dr. John. How are you? Good. That was my uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure reference for those of you who weren't paying attention. So what's up? Hey, yeah. So I'm just going to start with my question. Um, How do I support my husband and focus on repairing our marriage when he is constantly worried about his health? Tell me more. (laughs) Does he have cancer Um, or does he have um, like hormone disruption? Like, does he have health issues or, or what's going on? No, he doesn't have cancer. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I can, oh, man. I can hear it. Oh, honey, you are real, real, real close to resenting him. Is he like a, is he, is he like a, is he like that guy on Sleepless in Seattle? I don't know what that is, but probably. Just always has like a, an ailment or a thing or his knee hurts. Or he's going for a walk with the kids and he's got to put like an ankle brace on and he always has like, I think I've got a thing and he goes to the ER a lot. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> I could hear that in your exhale. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say, you know, he like goes to the extent of putting like ankle braces on and such, but, um, I, I would say that, uh, Is he hypochondriac? I mean, I would think so. Yes. Okay. Give me an example. Oh, um, for example, I mean, he'll come home and say that he thinks his, his gallbladder, you know, is giving out or, um, you know, he'll Google like the silliest things. Like if there's a red mark on his hand. He'll Google it because he he won't be sure if it's something serious or not. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, how long have you been his mom? <laughs> Probably too long. Yeah. And it's weird trying to sleep with your son, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I mean that in all of the awkward, gross ways it just sounded when I said it. The whole thing, right? As soon as you start getting in a caretaker role. And then you become like a, you're fine, honey. And he's like, am I fine? And there gets this awkward dynamic. Then the last thing on earth is intimacy and sexual desire. And that turns into his anxiety, things spinning faster, which in his case creates more, well, what about this? And my, my fingers hurt. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you see, I, like y'all get in this dance now and it just, mm-hmm. it, y'all end up, you're like, all right, I'm done. So can I ask you a real, real hard question? Yeah. Um, is there somebody else for you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you do, or maybe it's <laughs> not all the way there yet, but almost, or man, it would be nice if. It would be nice if. Yeah. That's all you have to say. I won't push you on that anymore. Um, I, and again, I'm going back to that single exhale. I could hear it. Like you're, you're at the end. Yeah, or let me say it this way. You have put a lot of this on him. You don't like who you have become. Um... Yes and no. Um, <laughs> You're like, no, this like, is all <laughs> him. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I definitely like own to my mistakes um, 100%. But I, do, I just feel like 
um, we've only been married for going on almost four years. So I feel like majority of the time we haven't really been in a happy marriage. Okay. Yeah. So that's sad to say. Um, yeah, I feel like there's been more stressful times than happy times. What's, what's the root of the, of the, the unhappiness? Um, I know you've thought about it cause you've had imaginary conversations with him that you've never said out loud. Like you've, you, at least in your guts believe this all starts at a place. Where is that place? What is it? I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's just too, there's too much. I feel like that's gone wrong. It's like, what's going to go right? I, I asked him the other day and he, he told me that he thought that, um, my parents were the reason that our marriage was so bad. Are they? Partially. Why do you allow that? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I've been bad at setting boundaries. Okay. Have you wanted to set boundaries between the... Uh, Have I wanted to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or let me say it this way. Do you want to get closer to him? Yeah. Do you like the way things are right now? No. What's stopping you from making him different? You're, you're an adult in the United States. You can kind of do whatever you want. Except for like shrooms and stuff. Right. <laughs> what do you want to do? And when I say like you don't like who you're becoming, here's what I mean. Not that you've said mean things and haven't done hey, you know, haven't put boundaries out, whatever. You had a picture of yourself and you had a picture of your marriage. Like a woman that got was taken care of or that was super sexy, or you were married with a guy and y'all go do crazy fun things. And he would punch the guy at the bar who was mouthing off to his wife. And I'm just making up crap, right? But mm -hmm. you had a picture of what this looked like. And now you got kids? Yeah. How old? Uh, two and one. Oh, good God almighty. So, okay. So you've been married <laughs> four in an unhappy marriage and you got two toddlers, which are just <laughs> incredible for your sex life. And you are now a woman who goes to work and you have your eye, you, you, somebody else makes your heartbeat a little bit faster. You're an exhausted mother of two. Really, you're an exhausted mother of three. And your husband's way of getting attention from you, his way of finding meaning in your marriage and your partnership is something's wrong with me that I need you to help or I need you to feel sorry for me. That's his entry point with you. And that's what I mean. You just don't like who this, the you in this. Yeah, I would agree Is with that. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. So what do you do next? Um, well, <laughs> we're in the process of moving for, for a start. Um, yeah. And he's also working on getting better health care for himself. Nope. You're um, time out. What are, <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, Let me put it this way. Are you done? Well, one. Are you done? Go ahead. Are you done with the move? Not, not with me, with, with the marriage. Are you finished? Because if we're finished, let's just be finished. No. Do you want to stay married and build a life with this guy? Yes. Do you want him to be your husband, to be the father of your kids? He already is the father of your kids, but do you want to create a tightly woven together new picture with this dude? Yeah, absolutely. Are you just saying that? No. Okay. 
then we're going to start by, we're going to stop judging him. Okay. It's a waste of time. It doesn't help. When's the last time you sat down and looked at him and said your needs out loud very, very clearly? I have no idea. Let's start there. Because at the end of the day, that's all you can control. You can't control whether he feels a lump on the side of his leg or if he's got a weird mole that he feels like he's got to go to the ER about. You can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. You can control how honest you are with him. Yeah. And you can control your needs. Hey, I need this from you. And I need you to go get some, to go see a counselor because we've gone to the ER a bunch. We've gone to the doctor a bunch. And none of the things that have happened so far have proven to be uh, life-threatening or even medical ailments. And so I'm concerned there's something else going on and I'm happy to go with you. And if you don't want to go, that's fine. I'm going to go for me because I want to learn how to love you better. And right now I'm, I'm not doing a great job. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? And those are hard conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What are you thinking? You're um, shutting down on me. Don't shut down. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. Um, although, I mean, he hasn't been diagnosed with anxiety, but I do feel like he does have really bad anxiety and I don't. As you've just described him, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like. What do you mean? He sounds like a guy with a ton of anxiety. And. Having been one of those myself and having had some really, really uncomfortable conversations with my wife over the years, being married to somebody who has deep and profound anxiety is madness. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you ultimately have to create a world that only you and your kids inhabit because your partner's electrified. It's like being married to a taser. It's not safe. And you didn't get married to have to build a life on your own inside of a cocoon. You also didn't get married to be a third, to have a third kid. He's in an adult body. So I'm, 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 I'm understanding having done what he has done, done to you. I've done that to my wife. So I get it. It's awful. And the only way he heals is through connection. That's not to put the burden on you. He's going to have to reach out and decide he wants to go get well. But you can't make him do that. You can only say this is what you need. Because he knows you don't like him. Yeah, yeah. He knows that. And his body's way of dealing with the fact that his wife doesn't like him is to create pains here or phantom things here or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like we have had a lot of hard conversations. Okay. Um, typically they don't. <laughs> sometimes I go somewhere, sometimes I don't, but. I think you need some um, action steps at the end. Because he's probably talked about your parents a bunch and you haven't done anything about it. Yeah, that's fair to say. I think, well, one, I think moving will help. Um, don't don't forget, that though. That doesn't the moment, boundaries. Yeah. Well, no, it's just the moment y'all move into that new house and you get all the furniture down and the kids go to bed, you're going to look over on the couch and he's going to have two Kleenexes shoved up each, each nostril and have a heating pad on his neck. And you're going to realize he went with you and you went with you. Right. Yeah. So moving might help proximity wise, but it's not going to solve your marriage issues because those are going to go with you. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And if you've had a bunch of hard conversations, most of the time I talk to folks, they've not had these conversations. If you've had them, what y'all are in desperate need is, of, is, is action. You'll have to start acting differently. Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest part. It is. 
And the only person's actions on the planet you can control are yours. So you have to start acting different. Call a counselor. Go to the gym. Get a couple of women in your life that you're friends with. Call your parents and say, we are not coming to the holiday, whatever. Or y'all are not welcome at fill in the blank. I don't know what the boundaries. That's a, probably a whole other phone call. Um, if he asks you to come look at some weird mole or what you can respond, I don't have the medical expertise to do that. But we do have a mobile physician and you should call them. I'm asking you, I need you to not go to Google anymore because Google um, is like pouring gasoline on this fire in our home and you just find a thousand different, so I'd rather you talk to a medical professional and since we have telehealth, um, you can do that, right? So I need you to put all the screens down and just sit with me and hold my hand and watch a show in the evening. I need you to put all the screens down and just rub my shoulders in the evening. And I'll say this, um, don't cheat. Don't cheat on him. I'll leave it at that. Just don't. Just don't. You're worth more than that. Don't do that. Thanks for the call. And I know it's you're stuck. You feel like you're frozen in ice. And somebody's got to take the first step. Even if you sit down and write yourself a letter and say, here's what I'm going to be moving forward. But I want to be somebody that I respect and that I treat with dignity. And that means I got to act differently. And that starts today. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, in honor of the great Julia Guglia, I know we did this, did this recently. But it's the song that makes my heart beat a little bit faster. And it makes me love a little bit more. Songs called I Remember You by the great Skid Row. Dave the Snake Sabo and Rachel Bolin. <laughs> so great. Woke up to the sound of pouring rain. The wind would whisper and I'd think of you. I think of you. And all the tears you cried, they called my name. And when you needed me, I came through. You paint a picture of the days gone by when love went blind and you would make me see. I'd stare a lifetime into your eyes so that I knew that you were there for me time after time. You were there for me. Remember yesterday, walking hand in hand, love letters in the sand. I remember you. And through the sleepless nights, through every endless day, I want to hear you say, I remember you. Oh my gosh. Listen to that song right now. And be prepared for Bone Chicka Wah Wah. Hey, we'll see you soon. Party on.